CinemaSins has a fan club. It's called the Sin Club, and members get all sorts of things like early episodes, bonus videos, merch discounts, and even monthly bonus podcasts. Membership starts at $3 a month, and you can sign up now at patreon.com slash CinemaSins. It's great. You wonder if he actually did get under his skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There might have been like some. There might have been like some uh, Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox moments um, from Casualty <laughs> War. Right. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. Alright everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined by Jonathan Watkins from CinemaSins. Hello, hello. Today we're going to be doing a mini-pod. Mini-pod? Yeah, or what? <laughs> Manky-pod? Manky-pod, there you go. That's what I was looking for. Um, <laughs> I uh, actually just want to say, I just want to say mank, because I don't yeah. know that, I just want to yell it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It does look like something that should have an exclamation point. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing a mini pod on Mank, the latest David Fincher. And, uh, and, uh, I guess this is sort of a, uh, personal project for him, right? Because mm-hmm. his dad wrote the screenplay and, uh, his dad died like, you know, 17 years ago, something like that. So I guess this has been something he's always wanted to try to make. Uh, but right off the bat, it just fe- doesn't feel like a David Fincher film. No, it it definitely doesn't. I've read I I read a couple things uh, people that had written about it, and you know I've heard a lot of people mention that it feels a lot more playful mm-hmm. um, than and but then but also I mean I think you do have some of that in his other films, but because of the subject matter he traditionally goes with, which is mm-hmm. darker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that he's able to be this playful, but yeah. he seems to be, he seems to be, even though this is in a lot of ways, a sad story. Um, he seems to be having fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is maybe, maybe you don't see like in girl with the dragon tattoo or, uh, no. or Fight Club. <laughs> you definitely don't see it. Well, yeah. Fight Club might be his most playful. Oh, that's a good point. And it's, yeah, and, but, it's right. but it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's still more like his kind of material, the kind of things that were, we're used to him. This yeah. is a straight biopic, essentially, mm-hmm. um, of uh, Herman Mankiewicz, who is uh, uh, the, I guess, half, he's he's credited with Orson Welles on the screenplay for Citizen Kane. Um, and uh, Gary Oldman plays him in this. We were kind of sort of discussing this beforehand. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, Herman Mankiewicz was like you know, 42, 43 years old or whatever when he was uh, writing the screenplay for Citizen Kane. And Gary Oldman is... Uh, yeah, he's a he's a bit older than that. Six, he's in his sixties. <laughs> um, so, uh, it, but uh, he does play Herman Mankiewicz uh, with a lot of charm and everything. Oh yes, you won't, you won't be sitting there going, "Oh my God, he's not forty, so I can't believe I know. this." It's one of those things too, where it's just like, I mean, there are just actors like this, right? Where you're just watching the performance and not even really thinking about how good it is because it's Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's just it's kind of you take it for granted. Yeah, <laughs> but. So I mean I don't even know how to compare this to his other performances, but he's uh, he he's really good. He doesn't disappoint at all. Like he's excellent. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is the story of how uh, Citizen Kane became a screenplay, and and uh, and uh, what uh, Mankiewicz was basing it on, and everything. Now, after I saw this movie, 
I went and watched um, a documentary that's on Citizen, the Citizen mm-hmm. Kane 70th anniversary Blu-ray uh, called The Battle Over Citizen Kane, which uh, which is more about Orson Welles butting heads with William Randolph Hearst. Uh, th- this one is more about Mankiewicz's experiences with William Randolph Hearst mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, but that one's more about Orson Welles and, and Mankiewicz makes sort of a, in a documentary, sort of a cameo appearance in that documentary. And then in RKO 281, which came out was an HBO made for TV movie back in 1999. Oh yeah. Um, uh, that's more about, uh, well, that's, that's sort of more about Orson Welles and it shows, it shows Orson Welles and Herman Mankiewicz sort of collaborating on the script at the same time in that movie. And this one, it's more Mankiewicz is writing the whole thing. And then Wells comes in later to cut it down is basically mm-hmm. what this one is about. But Mankiewicz was played by John Malkovich in RKO 281. Very uh, fitting. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and Leah Schreiber played Orson Wells in that. But, uh, anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird feeling David Venture film, but if you kind of take that out of the equation that it's not really the type of movie he usually does, uh, it's, it's uh, beautiful to look at, uh, great performances, especially, I mean, Gary Oldman is obviously great, but I think almost surprisingly great, even though I've started to see really good performance coming out of her in the last few years, Amanda oh, Seyfried. Yeah is mm-hmm. phenomenal in this movie she really um, is i had been seeing her in a lot of stuff recently that i was like you know amanda seifert's really becoming a great actor and and first reformed was one of those movies where mm-hmm. where i thought that she was doing that and in this one she's playing marion davies and uh and it's and there's just something about it she's got a lot of like re- there's just something that really pulls you in uh to her performance so yeah, yeah really I mean, good i don't know much about marion davies but mm-hmm. like i don't feel like she's getting like like for instance um who like tom burke i mean nothing against tom burke but he's basically just it feels like he's just doing an impression of orson wells right 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 um i really i really felt like seyfried was you know giving a performance um mm-hmm. and not just and same same with oldman um but to be fair, it probably helps not knowing those uh, people as well. Not know like Orson Welles, like we kind of know all his ticks, and you know we know how he was and stuff. We mm-hmm. probably didn't see Mankiewicz and Davis as much in the limelight as as we did home. But um, no, I I think she's great. Lily Lily Taylor's really good too. Um, oh, Col- and, Lily Collins. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lily. That'd be a completely different performance. Yeah. Um, Lily Collins is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, in her role as his, um, I guess she's, well, she's not really his caretaker. She's I don't know like what the she, transcriber of the, of yeah. his screenplay. Basically he dictates and she writes it down. Cause, Cause at the start of the movie, we find out he's been in a, which I assume all this is true, but he's been in a car accident is he's broken his leg. And mm-hmm. so he's having to write, he's having to dictate his script more than, than write it himself. I guess I, I'm assuming that really happened. I, I don't yeah, know. I, I don't know the, 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 I didn't look into that. the battle over citizen Kane says that they did send him out to this house to start writing, gotcha. to try to be avoid, to avoid, uh, all the distractions and everything. Uh, the the they I, I don't know what this was if this was a motivational factor or whatever but they they show him like a case full of alcohol mm-hmm. and say you can't have this but they just leave it there in the house mm-hmm. 
Do, do you I, did you understand that no, at all? I, I didn't really understand it. And then we find out um, we find out that it's it's not it, it's either it's not alcohol or it's or it is, but it's more like it's more like a medicine, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. It's like a it's like something that would knock him out because I guess the guy knew he was going to drink it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but like, why is it there? Yeah, that that was one little tidbit I never completely understood. <laughs> yeah, I don't I, I I don't know what it was. I I I I I went back and watched that scene, and I just don't under I, I didn't understand it. So because that's another thing about this movie deals with um, alcoholism in a mm-hmm. really in a really interesting way too. Like right. I think it. It, it's definitely, and I think this is why it works better in my mind than a lot of your traditional biopics. It is about Herman Mankiewicz. It is about him writing Citizen Kane, but it's also really about just his, um, it's not really a fall from grace, but just his struggles, I guess. It's just, it's a really interesting character piece. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. by the end of the movie, because I mean, going into it, I think I really just thought it was going to be like, this is them writing Citizen Kane and this is them going up against Hearst and this, you know, and going up against, uh, was it mayor? Is that who? Yeah. 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 Uh, John B. Mayor. Yeah. Or yeah. What, that's his name, right? Or is it, uh, uh who Arliss Howard plays him. Yeah. Louis B. Mayer. Louis B. Mayer. Louis, Louis John, B. Mayer. I'm thinking of John Mayer, the fucking, uh, rock star. No, Louis B. Mayer. Yeah. And, uh, who is, who's also, I really liked Arliss Howard in this, by the way. Um, yeah, yeah. He, I didn't even recognize him. Um, yeah. For those that don't know or younger, Arliss Howard was somebody that was kind of an it it guy for a minute, like in the late eighties. But mm. then he did a couple of movies that tanked, yeah, uh, like a lot of people do. And but he's 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 still had a career and um, he's played a lot of interesting roles since then. But um, he's really good in this. But yeah, so I thought that's kind of more what it would be. And uh, it's like I said, it kind of ends up being this really kind of interesting character study, um, you know of, of Mankiewicz. And then, you know, Gary Oldman's given a really good performance and it's just how the other people react off of him. And it's, you know, it's very much all from his perspective. Yeah. Most um, alcohol, alcoholism movies are all about the depression and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and drinking themselves into a stupor or to, to, to close to death. And, and Mankiewicz did die like uh, 11 years due yeah. with alcoholism, yeah. alcoholism, but that's not what this movie's focused on. It's not like leaving yeah. Las Vegas or when a man loves a woman or any of those type of things. And, and he's successful. Like, I mean, he's not like, I mean, I think by the time he's writing Citizen Kane, I mean, they make some comments along the lines that maybe he hasn't been getting hired as much yeah, um, as he had in the past, or maybe he's not getting as steady a paycheck, but he's remained like a well-known writer this whole time. People respect him. You know, mm-hmm. so it's not like one of those situations where like he's just completely hit rock bottom. Yeah, um, we see we see that uh, the way this movie's told is we see him in the act of writing Citizen Kane and then they'll flash back to his earlier times in Hollywood. Well, actually, about midway through his times in Hollywood, because mm-hmm. it's uh, he's a he's a I guess he's a well-known New York playwright who has moved out to uh california and he's written a lot of these like creature features and things like that that's his main thing and one studio executive says you wrote a bunch of lawn it's actually mayor who says you wrote a bunch of our lawn cheneys Mm -hmm. um and so uh he i don't think he's written his big uh important piece at this point he's written a lot of just like 
you know, I guess spec scripts or like things that are just like, you know, this is, this is a B picture and we'll, yeah. we'll run with it. But yeah, well, they, 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 they go back and forth with this, with him in bed doing the script and then going back to basically how he meets, uh, Hearst and how he meets Marion Davies and how he get, mm-hmm. he, uh, gets invited to these big, uh, like fancy dinners at Hearst's place, which of course is the, uh, the basis for Xanadu in uh, Citizen Kane. Uh, this one is what do they call it in uh, this? It's a uh, San Simeon, I think, is what they call it. I think that's right. I'm not. I I, I, I can't remember. I think that's it's something like that. But uh, it keeps going back and forth, and you, and it's sort of leading up to how in the world did he get to the point of wanting to write a screenplay about uh, William Randolph Hearst? Mm-hmm. They seem to be getting along pretty well. So it's really kind of looking at, we're trying to, we're trying to see where that sort of a falling out happened, uh, is what it's sort of building up to. Yeah. It says Hearst Castle in the Wikipedia description, but I don't know if that's. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. I thought they, I thought they had a fancy name for it almost they like. They probably uh, did. But it's definitely the, it's definitely supposed to be Xanadu. San is a town, so maybe. Yeah maybe that's what they were talking about but yeah anyway it's yeah. Hearst's big ass mansion that xanadu was based off of um, charles dance plays uh william yes. randolph Hearst very yeah. well oh yeah <laughs> charles dance is, is fantastic in this uh uh by the way just uh anybody out there with the rko 281 knowledge or whatever james cromwell played him in uh in the that and oh, uh, and melanie griffith played um, um Ma- uh, marion uh, david davies and uh wow in 1999 yeah yeah it was it nothing against melanie griffith but no i love melanie griffith but that's not the right role for her one of the things that uh that uh, they talk about with um marion davies in the uh documentary is that she's she and they they lightly touch on this in mank but she could have been from what i hear one of the greatest comedian actors mm-hmm. uh uh, you know, one of the best ever, but then Hearst came in was like, I want you to do stuff like Marie Antoinette and all these movies mm-hmm. that they were, they're mentioning in the, in the, in the thing, trying to make her a real dramatic actor when she could have been like, you know, a great comic mm-hmm. actor. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's that one scene. Is it Houseman is the guy at um, the Sam Troughton character? Is he the guy at, I think that's who he is at, um, at MGM or whatever, that's always button heads with, with Mankiewicz. And there's that scene where he comes in to meet with him and uh, they're talking about Marion's leaving. She's going to Warner brothers. And he makes the comment that, you know, none of her movies have made a dime in 10 years. So I assume oh, she had I think been, that's uh, Irving Thalberg, right? Is oh, that maybe. Irving Thal- the, uh, that he keeps button heads with? Cause he's the one that's asking him if he'll, um, pay his dues and all that. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, correct. I, yeah, I got, I got for Ferdinand Kingsley and Sam Trouton mixed up somehow. But, uh, so yeah, uh, I guess before we get into spoilers, there's not much to spoil, but, uh, because it's, you know, based on a real yeah. thing, but, uh, I guess we can go ahead and rate this and then and, yeah, uh, sure. go on and talk well, about, talk about this more in depth. People might not want to know exactly where the movie goes, what it covers, that kind of thing. So, right. We'll talk about that but yeah uh do you want to go first yeah i'll uh i'll give this an a minus um uh i think that this the one thing that stands out about this movie is that 
you know, Herman Mankiewicz is a really witty uh, person. I don't know if he was like that in real life or whatever. They've made him really funny. Like he's got a very sharp wit uh, for anything that comes up in there. And Gary Oldman's great. Uh, again, Amanda Seyfried, probably her best performance ever uh, in a movie for me. Um, and there's just so much to it. There's uh, there's there's some there's some interesting uh, discussion about, uh, you know, sort of dirty politics that go on back in, back in this day. Um, and, uh, what Hollywood's involvement in it, uh, would be. And, uh, there's a lot of like interesting things to say. And I didn't feel like the same way that I do with normal biopics on this. This is not Fincher's best movie by any stretch. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think it is. I don't know if it aspires to be, but, uh, but I, I overall very much enjoyed it. And, uh, and I think it's a good, uh, you know, sort of piece of history if you're, you know, for, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, a movie that is so famous as being the best movie mm-hmm. of all time, having this kind of background for it is, uh, is fun to have. So anyway. Well, and it's just, it's amazing. This movie, I, it's still crazy to me that this movie ever got made. Like it's, you know, if, if RKO hadn't just for whatever reason, decided they wanted to get in with Orson Welles. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just, it's crazy to me because mm-hmm. even they didn't back down. I mean, that's the whole thing they discuss in the movie. Um, I've always said with Fincher going into this, he has eight movies that I'd give like an A or A minus. Mm-hmm. And then he has Alien 3 and Benjamin Button. Um, right. This would definitely go closer to those eight movies. I think right now in my mind, it's probably closer to the bottom of those, mm-hmm. but um I'm I'm in that A minus B plus range. I think I'm going to give it an A minus too, because mm-hmm. um, talking about it, I think I even am you know thinking about things I like even more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely one when I rewatch it, I could see it going down a little bit. I could see it going up a little bit because um, mm-hmm. I have only seen it the one time. Um, I was hoping to get it in a second time, but I didn't have time. Um, but yeah, basically all the things you said. Uh, Seifert's amazing. All the performances overall are good. Well, we can talk about some more. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing, um, I will say one weird thing about it, which we can talk more about this and all oh, this is really a spoiler thing. I don't know that I, it looks great, but it's one of those weird things where I don't know that it had to be in black and white. <laughs> yeah. That's one, that's one issue I had with it too. I didn't think it had to be a black and, I, and white. And I don't want people, th- I, cause I love black and white um, movies mm-hmm. a lot. So it's nothing like that, but it's just, it felt a little gimmicky, I guess, like mm-hmm. in this situation, I don't know. But it is in black and white. It's not going to ever be in anything else. So, I mean, you know, you have to judge it for what it is. But um, but it does look great. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm giving it an A-. I, th- I think it's definitely – It's if you're a Fincher fan and you haven't watched it yet, you should definitely watch it. Um, I think if you're like me and you don't love biopics, but you do like them when they do interesting things, I think you'll enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, no, it's an A- for me. All right. Uh, let's get into the so-called spoilers for this movie. Luke's father is actually Darth Vader. She's the sister and the daughter. No, 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 no. I'm reading the books. Yeah, there's not much to spoil, but we can get it a little bit uh, deeper into all of this. Um, Yeah, for sure. The 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 crux of the of this uh, movie seems to be seems to indicate that uh, that uh, Mankiewicz decides that it's a good idea to write about Hearst because of how much of a puppet master he is behind the mm-hmm. scenes in uh, political uh, 
uh, uh, issues. And, and one of the, one of the big ones is, is, uh, Upton Sinclair is running for what, what is he running for in, in this? What was the, um, Oh, what were, yeah, they were crap. Yeah. It was, um, it's some election involving Upton Sinclair and, a, and an incumbent Republican. Frank and, Miriam. Uh, yeah. And uh, Sinclair is uh, is going out and and doing you know doing his you know uh, doing typical I guess um, you know we got to fight for the people kind of politics. Whereas uh, you know the 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 other guy is keeping sort of the status quo. And and one of the big I think one of the big factors that they throw in here is that one of his buddies who has been uh, sort of tossed a bone by Hollywood to uh, direct these small uh, um, real people telling who they're going to vote for uh, type of things. This guy, this guy is, is thrown a bone because he he's obviously been toiling in Hollywood for years and he's never been able to get a break, but he's been given the option to do these little newsreel things that ultimately and, you know, there, there's a bunch of actors in those things, a bunch of actors saying, I'm going to vote for Frank Merriam because he's going to blah, blah, blah. And then everybody who's for Upton Sinclair, there's some very subtle, like, digs that they put in there so that people will be very yeah. down on Upton Sinclair. Like, people who are saying that they're for him, but one guy's black and another guy is like um another guy is uh saying that he's from he's like it worked for this uh one guy in russia so it should definitely work here you know that type of thing and 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 when the election comes by uh and Miriam wins sinclair uh ha, ha, has said something to the effect that those newsreels were the reason why he lost and the yeah. guy who made these things was a big Upton Sinclair guy. This is a great, like, uh, it is like, a it's a great sort of convergence of events because this guy's a big Sinclair guy. Um, and, 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 and Mankiewicz tells him after he looks at these new re- news reels, he says, uh, do you really, he's basically asking, do you really want to do this? And he's like, well, man, they gave me a chance to direct and all this. Yeah. And like, and like, who's going to believe this? And he's like, yeah, I mean, who's going to believe that King Kong is a hundred feet tall. And, and, uh, <laughs> And uh, who is it that he says and who's and who who and this famous actress is 40 years old and a virgin. Um, oh, Mary. Uh, is it Mary Pickford? Yeah, it's Mary Pickford. And uh, <laughs> and 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 Mankiewicz says this in such a way that the guy like thinks about it. he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he thinks about it and he's like, oh, they really <laughs> could actually believe that people will believe this shit. Um, yeah. And uh, and it and it leads to this guy uh, this guy, like, you know, uh, uh, getting very, very drunk and, uh, and, uh, killing himself. Yeah. That's yeah. a, yeah, you're right. That's like a, what, like a 20 minute, 25 minute section of the movie. That's just, mm-hmm. yeah, it's heartbreaking. That's, I guess that's kind of Minkowitz. That's where he starts kind of, uh, turning a corner on, you know, what he thinks of the studio and everything. And, um, it's a governor of California is, uh, is okay. what they were running for. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Uh, 
and I think they wanted they definitely wanted Merriman to win because that would help the the big studio heads, the rich people, you know. Right. So you know that that's kind of what's going on there. And uh, Jamie McShane plays uh, the Shelley Metcalf is the is the character that mm. ends up killing himself. Mm-hmm. And the Jamie McShane, who I've seen recently, he was he he was on Bosch and uh, he was recently on Star Trek Picard. He had a he's a, he's a really good actor that I've mostly know from television. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's quite good in this movie. He's very effective in that final sequence, you know, where uh, he gives him the bullets and, mm-hmm. you know, and then he goes to his wife and she's like, oh, no, he had a box of these. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, the uh, the I mean, the early part of this where he's first where Mankiewicz is first coming to the to the Hearst Castle and everything. And um, he, he I think he's excited that someone like him is inviting him mm-hmm. to a place like this. And, and, and they have these big grand discussions and one of these just, just like, I don't know what you call it, like offensive, offensively big, like living room, dining room areas with the huge fireplace and yeah, everything. Yeah. And all these people talking about politics and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then you have Marion Davies uh, saying something to the effect of like, like uh you know all all uh will uh, he she calls him pops all pops has to do is get on the phone and and tell tell the president what he what cabinet mm-hmm. he wants and then and then everybody sort of looks like like gets nervous about that and she walks out because because it's it's a truth and but nobody like it's something that it, you know that people don't want you know to be broadcast and mm-hmm. um and everything and so like he gets Mankiewicz gets sort of an early look into uh what Hearst really is and everything and it's really funny that uh, it's really interesting too to consider what he is behind the scenes with MGM because it uh, Louis B. Mayer is not really pulling the strings on anything that he's doing at that studio it's all mm-hmm. Hearst a lot of times and uh and uh but uh, the the scene where Marion Davies uh, mentions that and then walks out and everything, and then Mankiewicz goes after her, and they have that discussion out in uh, uh, basically what is Hearst's zoo uh, and everything. Yeah. Oh, this is one of the best scenes of the. the <laughs> it's so it it there's something. There's something magical about uh, about the Mankiewicz and Davies sitting there talking back and forth for a good five to ten minutes in this movie, um, uh, walking around this 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 huge uh, ranch that he has, and um, and that that scene is I just love that scene so much. Well, yeah, it's great, and it's one of the like seeing yeah you see the monkeys or whatever, and oh yeah. I, it's so funny because like when you're a kid, you, you'd see a place like that, you know, you'd be like, oh, that's what I want when I get older. And then when you get older, you're just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, I, I'm, I'm definitely I don't care how you spend your money, but it's just like when I see when I see excess like that, I'm, I'm just like, this is like insane. Like, why would like how why would you even want to keep up with this? Like, I yeah, can't I know. Imagine. I know that's what I'm sitting there thinking. And then we go season. I know he's hiring people, but you're just spending lots of money for things that you don't need at all. I need to read more. I mean, I've seen Citizen Kane obviously several times, but I've never really read up on hers. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of who he would be compared to now. Like maybe Rupert Murdoch. I guess would that be? Yeah, probably Murdoch is the closest. uh, I mean, and 
and and and it's funny like i mean the that uh that show succession is basically the yeah robot. Um, yeah you know uh the it, it's hard to get around to, to get around that as somebody who's like that big of a media mogul there's very few people who are like yeah because i don't even like and especially the way dance plays him in this movie i don't even know like i mean i definitely think they're trying to say he has a bad guy but like it but it's in a but it's it's kind of weird because it's like I just feel like he's like almost like he just has all this power and he's just, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, I don't know. It may just be the way dance plays it. Although dance plays it very similar to how he plays his character in game of Thrones, which is funny because they're actually very similar characters (laughs) just in in two different worlds, but they're both trying to play everybody, you know, a certain way, keep certain people close to them. But he genuinely seemed to like, um, Mankiewicz. I mean, granted, you do kind of, you do kind of find out at the end, I mean, at least from a comment that, that mayor makes, you know, that um, he just thought he was, it was, it almost felt like he was a jester or something like it. He didn't, he didn't like, like his writing necessarily. Yeah. Mayor says you're here because of the way you talk, yeah. not the way you write. And, but yeah, I know what you're talking about with, uh, with uh, Charles dance's performance here. Yeah. There's never any explicit moment of villainy in this where where he is, he shouts at anybody or he, you hear him say, this is what's happening. He's always the guy behind the guy basically. Yes. And the only time he even gets close to menace and it's not even menace is after Gary Oldman or Mankiewicz has that big drunken, uh, you know, pitch for the Don Quixote, basically, uh, it's, uh, it's Don Quixote in the guise of like citizen Kane almost, I guess. Yeah. What he's, is what he's pitching. But right after that, uh, you know, right after that Hearst is escorting him outside, uh, and very calmly and tells him the story of the, you know, the monkey and the organ grinder and, uh, and, you know, tells him that, you know, tells him that, that, basically that parable that fable or whatever mm-hmm. and uh and then by the end of it he's like you know my 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 guy will drive you to the station you're you're a little drunk and uh <laughs> and that's pretty much the the height of his explicit villainy but we all know like every single thing that happens in this movie has some sort of Hearst fingerprints on it. And that's, Absolutely. that's where we get the villainy from. And I think that's really unique. I don't think there's very many movies that would trust yeah. the audience to sort of put two and two together that all the, the uh, quote unquote violence of this picture is directed by Hearst in some way. Yeah, that and that that's you, know, you nailed it. That's exactly what I was trying to say because I definitely don't want people to think I'm like siding with Hearst. I'm not. No, but- no, no. The way the movie does it, like, I think a lot of movies in this scenario, he would be more like the straight up bad guy. Like he would be twirling his mustache and, sure, you know, and this, this paints him more as like a silent puppeteer, which is way more interesting. And it lets like people like Mayer and, and Thalberg, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, be the outright, the people that yell and lose their cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I love Oldman and Howard play really well off each other. I love I love Oldman trying to get under Howard's skin and it's just, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's great. You wonder if he actually did get under his skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There might've been like some, there might've been like some, uh, Sean Penn, Michael J. Fox moments, um, from Casualty <laughs> War. Right. But, um, but no, but like that, you know, so I don't know. So it all just the way, I guess the way the movie, uh, chooses to, uh, let, uh, chooses to, 
expose its villainy is really interesting and it's very unique mm-hmm. uh, to this type of film. And especially considering Hearst is a real person, you know, these are and you know, Louis, these are all real people. I don't know. I don't know if all these events actually happened. Um, I yeah. think there's a lot of dramatic license here. But um, but yeah, no. And even in that scene, I mean, you could argue that Mank is the one that's in the wrong because, I mean, he showed up to the place at this dinner. I don't think he was invited to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's drunk off his ass. He's he's being really awful to everybody. Maybe they deserve it. But mm-hmm. but he's coming in. They don't know where he's coming from and why he's got this going on. And then and then, you know, Hearst is even like, you know, give him a seat, uh, give him some coffee, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. Like trying trying to help him not like you know destroy himself basically uh, you know Absolutely. it's just it's it's a great scene it, it, there's there's a lot of really good scenes in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, after watching the documentary and watching, I didn't get all the way through RKO RKO two eight one yeah. again, but I uh, was just watching it to to sort of see the the differences. You know, like it's it's hard to know exactly where everything started on this. Uh, you know the um orson wells was was given this carte blanche from a rko based on some plays he did uh in new york and um and then uh he was a, a big radio guy and of course war of the worlds was a big huge thing um and and you know rko basically said here you have you have uh you know you have a final cut and everything uh, to somebody who's 24 years old and, and yeah. you can make whatever movie yeah. that you want. And there yeah. were a couple of failures, uh, a couple of uh, like failed projects, like nothing that ever got off the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and so in RKO two, eight, one, there's a conversation between Mankiewicz and Wells where Mankiewicz is saying, I've been writing all this stuff down that I've been observing at the Hearst castle for like 20 years. Like, like I, I, I guess in my mind, I thought I was, I was writing a book about this. Um, and I don't know if that's the true, the true mm-hmm. thing. And that's what led Wells to want to do this movie so much and everything. Um, you know, it, it, there's a, there's a lot of different, uh, sort of interpretations of how this all came about. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I don't, I, who knows you're, you're exactly right. Who knows how much of this is true, mm-hmm. especially between the three different things that I've seen on this subject. Uh, you know, there's, it's hard to, it's hard to really nail it down. Yeah. I guess I'm going to have to read an autobiography well, or something. Yeah. And I would think something like this, it would be really hard to ever know because I'm guessing Hearst kept all his stuff close to his vest. So, I mean, he's mm-hmm. not gonna, you know, be like real, you know, coming forth with what he thinks is right and what's not. And, um, and then I don't know the way they portray Marion Davis in this, she didn't really care either way. It didn't bother her at all. Right. Uh, and, um, and then, and then you've got obviously like, you've got that weird, and this is the thing I almost wish they didn't, I almost wish Orson Welles wasn't in the movie or if he was just like on a phone. Yeah. Yeah. There's that, there's that scene, which isn't bad where, you know, Mankiewicz is asking to get credit. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, but it's, but it's one of those things where we haven't really seen enough of them going back and forth and it, it, yeah. it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, I don't, I don't know that I'm like, I don't know that that's really, I don't, it's not earned, not that that's, it's not that it's not earned, but it's just kind of a, it's a, it's a, a plot point that it's a, it's an event that happens that we don't really have any, uh, backstory on. 
no there's never there's never anything in the movie where it where he where they make the agree like we hear about the agreement but we don't the agreement to not take credit which is a thing about uh you know the mercury theater or some sort of contract that he signed uh yeah where he wouldn't take credit for it or whatever so there's but there's not anything in there where it looks like it's something that he really wants or that he's disappointed that he's not getting um and, and so yeah when he says that he wants credit uh towards towards the end of the movie it's like okay well that was not a, a, a an aspiration that we've heard uh, mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing that it's funny that the different again the difference between this and rko 281 they've already written the screenplay together in RK, rko 281 mm-hmm. and uh and and mankowitz uh confronts uh orson wells and says this is my name's not on the script and uh and uh he's like i he's like i want to get some credit and orson wells is like i just i just took a 350 page piece of bullshit and, and and knocked it down to something manageable and, and filmable and everything and and uh and, you know and starts insulting mangowitz and everything and uh and that and that's how they portray it in that in that movie so you know who, who knows yeah, but, yeah. but you're right you're right about the mank version of this it's just like okay that kind of comes out of nowhere and then plus on top of that they have to do that whole Oh well, that would be a good thing for uh, uh, for uh, you know Kane to do at the end is to smash a bunch of stuff at the uh, after Susan leaves them and all that and it's like oh okay so now we're in the Shakespeare and love territory where everything that you yeah. you know experience goes into the screenplay. And so. Once again, no offense to Tom Burke, but like I said, it just it just it feels like such an impression versus. Yeah. versus a performance. So like having him in that scene almost made it like like I wish he had just stayed on the phone. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, but, but they didn't. So it is what it is. But that, so that's, that's maybe like some of the stuff that, you know, I would, I would, it takes me out of the movie a little bit, but, um, but I mean, but no, but overall, like we've been talking about great scene after great scene. I'm, I'm feeling like I, an A minus is too low now, but next time I watch it, you never know. I know Aaron was saying that he watched it a second time and just loved it. You've, have you seen it twice? Yeah, I've seen it twice. Uh, and, and I, and even after the second time I was like, there's some things I'm still missing yeah. in this that I think even make it even more, make it even richer. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if I can finally just sort of nail it down what I'm not, what I'm not quite getting, but, um, but uh yeah uh it's so much like i said it's so it's so much different from your typical biopic your typical biopics seem to always do this thing where it's like here is this famous person and this one and maybe the maybe the issue here is or maybe the thing that helps the movie here is is that this person is not famous and it doesn't mm-hmm. have like this life where uh, the director feels like they have to do a, a hit list of, of things. This is telling a story though. This is telling mm-hmm. an actual story of how citizen Kane became a screenplay. And, it, and, and, uh, and, you know, you look at the difference between this and you watch RKO two, eight, one, RKO two, eight, one is kind of like cramming as much as it can into yeah. a 30, like a 90 minute movie. Um, and this one is, 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 you know, really d- providing background and, and context for a lot of things that end up being, what yeah, it's, play is. It's, it's not as concerned when well, I think that's the thing. It's not as concerned with like hitting all those points that like a lot of these biopics do, like, this is where he had success and this is where right. he hits rock bottom and this is where, you know, he cheats on his wife or, you know, like what, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, 
just, you know, whatever you want to fill in there. Um, but um, I do think people, if people are still listening to this that haven't seen it, I, I do think going into this, like, I think what threw me off a little bit was I did expect it to be more about, you know, writing Citizen Kane, I guess that, cause I don't even know if the movie is really that concerned with that aspect. It's, it's really more, like I said, it's focusing on Mank, which to be fair, I mean, that does involve him writing mm-hmm. uh, Citizen Kane. But I, I guess I felt in my mind, like, you know, there'd be more Orson Welles and there'd be more of this and that. And it's, it, I don't know, it's just different than what I was expecting, which is not a bad thing. But no, I think and- on my first watch, it was just, it was a little, uh, it threw me a little bit and I kind of had to, I kind of had to get used to the structure. The one I think it reminds me of the most, although there is like fourth wall breaking in what I'm going to talk about, I think in this movie, but and there's not really in Mank, but uh, Lenny, the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Often the, the movie about Lenny Bruce, mm-hmm. which does that thing where it uses a standup as kind of a segue into everything. Yeah. I don't know. The structure of that kind of reminded me of this a little bit for some reason. That still is probably more, even still more of a traditional biopic than Mank is though. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of if I was going to compare this, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a lot less Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a lot more Lenny. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that's a it's a good it's probably a pretty good comparison. Um, uh, I just don't know how many people have seen that. If you haven't seen Lenny, go check out Lenny. It's very yeah. good. Yeah, Lenny is extremely good. Um, but no, the uh, I think what you're getting at with the the fact that you know you thought it was going to go a certain way is that I feel like the story that you felt like was going to happen has probably already been told. Um, you know, and, and, you know, I keep mentioning RKO two eight one and the battle over Citizen Kane. These two movies uh, give you a lot of that overview, and especially tilt it towards. Orson Welles own mm-hmm. battle with, uh, with Hearst and not so much Mankiewicz's. And, and so this is the, this is the, the only movie of that, that three, those three that really focus on him this way and, uh, and truly give him like his own, uh, character arc and his, his journey and everything. Yeah. So, Which is good. Uh, I think. Oh, it's absolutely good. And it's, yeah. it, I mean, and, you know, I, I love that, that documentary battle over Susan Kane is fantastic. That's the, I would also recommend that in the middle of this make, you know? Uh, but, uh, anyway, well, we don't get enough. We don't really get, we don't really get a lot of movies about at least screenwriters. We get movies about writers, but mm-hmm. I don't know that we, I mean, you know, Trumbo, obviously that came out a few years ago, Yep. um, which is a perfectly fine movie as well. But, um, I think that's interesting because I just don't think we get a lot of movies we get a lot of movies from the writer's perspective. That's not true, but we don't really get a lot of biopics, I guess, about uh, screenplay writers, at least that I can think of off the top of my head. So I thought yeah, that was not many. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of times it's just about the name recognition and you yeah. know, screenwriters by and large don't have name recognition. Yeah. And it's interesting too, to see like just how the studio system was back then, how, you know, the, I think, I don't know if the writers were held higher, but there was definitely a different type of dynamic going on. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you got in there, cause they made it seem like, I mean, at least at one point, you know, at least like when they go back to the thirties, uh, in the flashbacks, you know, he's, he's high up on the, on the payroll scale, you know, he's getting made, a, he's making a lot of money, uh, you know, writing at that point. 
which is interesting because like you said, he was mainly just doing like B pictures and stuff. Also, by the way, which this was a cinema sense thing in me, but I've seen other people mention it. There's that one weird conversation they're having early on in the movie and it's 1930. And that one guy says something about uh, it's Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, which oh, is yeah. a movie that didn't even come out till the forties. Mm -hmm. And at that point, like Frankenstein and Dracula were still like a year away. Now, mind you, Universal maybe was probably already making them. Mm -hmm. And maybe you could argue that they were just talking about they're, they're not going to do what Universal's doing to make horror movies. But I thought it was interesting that they said the Wolfman because, you know, the Wolf, the first Wolfman movie wasn't even to like 41. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So to, to, to be able to think that you're going to have a yeah. sequel where it's Frankenstein versus yeah. the Wolfman. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that, uh, that's, uh, by the way, that is something that's really strange to me when people who are, uh, you would cut, you would consider them film nerd directors like David Fincher and Quentin Tarantino, uh, like, like they, they, they basically, when they, when, when somebody mentions a movie, they're like, oh, we're going to have to keep that in there. I just love that mm -hmm. so much that they talk about that, even though it's not age appropriate <laughs> like tarantino has that weird thing for me in uh once upon a time in hollywood where where brad pitt is in a flashback that is before the the, <laughs> the era that this movie came out uh, yes. there's a big torah 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 poster yeah. in the background and like and like and, and and you know you know tarantino knows that movie didn't come out but he's just like, fuck it. I want to put Tora 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 in here, you know? Yeah, and it, it's probably something like that. But I'm just, because I'm just, or it means something differently that I'm thinking. But I'm just like, I'm sort of thinking, I mean, you just told me it was 1930. So I know that's what it is. Like, <laughs> right. And I don't care. Like, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't make me dislike a, dislike the movie by anything. It's just it's just such a weird thing that could easily be corrected. Like, they, there, were, there were a ton of horror movies that came out. Like, it, even in the 20s, like, they could have made a Nosferatu comment or... Mm -hmm. Something they could, or they could have even said something about Frankenstein and Dracula because Universal was about to release those, you know, something right. like that. Uh, but it was, just, I don't know, that just that threw me for a loop and took me out of the movie for at least a second because I'm like, wait, <laughs> yeah, no. not, I know, not everybody knows what we know either, and that's another thing. But I feel like this is a movie kind of made for for film nerds and stuff. Like, I mean, you know, uh, maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, I just thought that yeah, was interesting. I, yeah, I honestly, yeah, I really do think it's it's something that's <laughs> off the top of somebody's head and it sounds good. <laughs> And they, they just leave it in and, and you know, they know, they have to know. Fincher knows. I mean, he definitely, or somebody involved in that movie knew, uh, mm -hmm. you know. Anyway, we both enjoyed this movie. Uh, what did you guys think? Uh, go to Sincast presented by CinemaSins on Facebook. We're also on CinemaSins Twitter, Music Video Sins Twitter, and SoundCloud and Discord. And if you want to get on Discord, you can go to the uh, Reddit page and find a link on the right side of the page there, or you can private message me on Facebook and I'll give you a link there. And Jonathan, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter, uh, a couple places at Sam Loomis 13. And I'm also, I run the uh, TV sense uh, Twitter, which is at TV sense. If you want to holler at us about that and you can hear me every week on behind the sins podcast with Aaron Dicer and Danae Hughes. All right. That's going to do it for this mini pod. It's Chris Atkinson and Jonathan Watkins. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com.